0: Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast.
1: This is LFC Core.
0: Looking forward. Looking back. So I thought that for this week's looking forward, looking back, we would stay on the theme of transfers. And so what I wanted us to talk about is if we look at the first 11 for Klopp right now, right? So I'm not talking about the the, the squad. I'm talking about the first 11 on the field which player do we think that we can buy to immediately improve our our first 11 and whose place would they take? And then secondly, after we discuss that, I want us to look back and ask which former LFC player could we take out of their prime playing for Liverpool and then fit into this first 11 and at whose expense?
1: So, I mean, I would say it's an interesting question. I think saying who we could buy may limit things. So I'm going to pretend that we could buy anybody um, because it's just easier that way. Uh, I think the, the easy gimme right away would be Mbappe. I can't imagine how any team would get worse taking him. Um, Who would he replace? Uh, That's where it starts to get a big dicey. Um, You know, again, it's a case of, um, The forwards on the team are, I think, top-notch. The defenders on the team are top-notch. And I don't mean necessarily that there aren't better ones out there. I think that they work the Klopp system better than other guys who are available. Um, You know, is Roberts maybe the best defender on the planet? No, but what he provides along that wing is exactly what Klopp needs, and I don't know that there's anyone else who does it better. Um, You know, Alexander-Arnold has been criticized for, for... his play coming back um he he's maybe not the best defender but going forward and that's what what Klopp is looking for there's no one better crossing it in from that position so i would i would almost say forward and defense might be a little bit um difficult to find anyone what do you think
0: yeah so when when you say mbappe are you defaulting to him because he's the best player in the world or are you looking at our team and saying that we could improve in the forward area. No, I'm, I'm I, defaulting I, I think there's to difference. him. I a difference. I'm okay. defaulting
1: to him because he's the best player. But the big caveat is that, A, you would need to replace one of uh, Mane or Salah, which, I mean, those are top players. And two, I think the issue you would have is um, the way Klopp asks his players to play is different than other coaches. And I don't know that Mbappe would be able to A, sustain the pace that he needs, and B, come back the way he does. Because if you take a look at Mane, like Mane makes plays at the back all the time. And I can't recall ever seeing Mbappe run all the way back to his own box.
0: Yeah, so if we were going to fit Mbappe into the team, I would fit him in at the expense of Roberto Firmino, not Mane Osala. Now, who plays in the center versus right to left? I think they can figure that out amongst themselves, either per game or as a strategy over, overall. Um, and then what I would do with Firmino is I would either drop him into the midfield at the expense of either... Well, know, I think at Alder the expense Mark- of Hader anybody.
1: Center. At this yes, point, or, I think there's nobody in the midfield that stands out so much they can't be replaced.
0: I know, but to be replaced by Firmino?
1: Um, to, to be in a conversation to be replaced. I think we have some very good players. I think a guy like Henderson is a very good player. Um, but I mean, are you gonna tell me he's the best midfielder in the world? Or are you gonna tell me that the skills that Firmino brings aren't significant upgrade on Henderson? Skill wise, I would say he's better in terms of heart and everything else that Henderson brings. Now we have a conversation. So I'm just
0: wondering if if you have a forward line of Salah, Mbappe, Mane. Do you, you need really someone need... to feed him? Yes, absolutely. But do you really need Firmino in in the midfield, or can we continue with, say, Fabinho, Henderson, and Wanaldo to feed a midfield of, I mean, a, a forward line of Mbappe, Salah, and Mane?
1: So I think my worry was when Fabinho came back from injury, he didn't quite look the same. Um, Hendo is. I mean, rejuvenated, but how will that last for next year? And Genie is now, if I'm not mistaken, about to hit 30, um, and so I don't know if he can continue it. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I also, I also love a guy like Firmino who does a lot and brings a lot to the table. And I think if you say, well, you replace Firmino with Mbappe in the front line, I think skill wise, you're you're definitely improving. But in terms of the chemistry, I don't know, because Firmino brings a lot. I mean, and Klopp loves him for for a reason.
0: Okay, so let's just say that we get Mbappe, but we have to lose one player from the first 11. Who are you losing?
1: Uh, I know it's crazy um, because it won't make a lot of sense, but I would say Salah would go. And reason being is that, A, you would recoup a lot of the money, but putting that aside, it's because whenever... We come back into defensive posture. It is clear that um, that Klopp leaves Sala up front and tells him that he's going to be that one pressure man. So, you know, if we kick the ball out, you have to chase it down and get a chance and scare the other team. And so I think that would become Mbappe's role. So I think that's who he would have to replace. Because if you take Mane out... Then all of a sudden, um, you know, you're going to expose um, that side of the field a little bit. Because, I mean, we've seen plenty of times that mané's come back uh, to help Robbo.
0: Okay, that's interesting. What I would do is I would leave the front uh, three as they are. So Roberto, Firmino, Salah, Mane, leave the back four, Trent, Gomez, Van Dijk, Robertson. And I would bring in Lionel Messi in the place of Henderson or Wijnaldum.
1: Ooh. That's um, what I would do. So I I I think you know you, you know I am not high on Messi. Um I think his skill is phenomenal, but I always caveat him with a number of things, which is one, he has skill on one foot. Um I would like to have seen more from his other foot, but that's fine. But then the other one is it. it no I, you know what, how good would he be if he could actually do it with both feet and his head? like he would be beyond phenomenal. Um, so it's it's interesting. He's only one foot, but wow, what a foot, right? Um, right. But the one that really worries me with him is he, I, I just, I feel like he's, I don't know if he's not a team player. He doesn't know how to lead a team. I don't know what it is with him, but his teams manage to snatch defeat out of guaranteed victory. And that just scares me about guys. There's just some guys that just don't do it. And and whether it's for, um, you know, his club team or his home team or like his country, there have been times that you're like, how are you going to lose this game? And they do. I mean, look at the game where we beat them, you know, look at the body language, look at him, uh, I would say, pretending to lead the guys like, you know, they had the the uh, what is it that series that they have, which shows the locker room for um, the team. And a, can't believe that they allowed the cameras in there and B, like he's saying, okay, guys, let's go out there and not let what happened last year happen again. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's the best line you got, buddy. Like, that's not inspiring. That's reminding them of how they messed up and then telling them, try not to do that again. Like, so that's why I'm not high on him. So I'm not sure he'd be great. And I also don't see him going forward and back the way Klopp needs.
0: Yeah, so on that, on that note, I think what I would do with messing in the team is I would drop Henderson to To sit with Fabinho, and then in front of them, I I, I would give Luna Messi a free role, and then keep the front three. And I wouldn't make him captain, so he wouldn't have any of those leadership responsibilities. Keep in mind, he's in the twilight of his of his career, so he'd be coming here simply to experience the 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 EPL as well as to um, give himself another challenge. Now we all know it's not going to happen. This is all purely hypothetical.
1: Well, so then let's talk about something that's maybe less hypothetical and say if there's one place we can agree that there is room for improvement, it's the midfield. So what midfielder out there would you say, let's go out and get?
0: I think that's a conversation for another day.
1: That may be. What I will say is on defense, you could pus- you could potentially make an argument that Gomez could be replaced. Um, but I actually don't believe that. The guy's young and he's got so much um potential. He's a fantastic defender now, and I think he's only gonna get better. So I personally wouldn't replace him. You
0: I wouldn't replace him, but I agree. So I wrote wrote out my first eleven and he was one of the players that I didn't highlight as a guarantee starter. So himself pretty much the entire midfield and everybody else was a guarantee starter. I think I had Fabinho as a guarantee starter as well. In the when when he's back up to speed, of course.
1: Yes, I, I want the uh, best midfielder in the world, Fabinho, not the guy who was masquerading with a Fabinho mask <laughs> on the last few games. Um, I, I would agree with you on that. But what I would say is Gomez, I don't know if it's mental, I don't know what it is, but when the guy is on his game, um, you can just see like how the team changes and how Van Dijk changes. Like He is top-notch, and that speed... I'm sorry, you name me another defender, and I I just haven't seen that type of speed from them.
0: With Gomez, I always have to remind myself of his age, right? So he's still I only 22. Know. And and when I think back to a player like Rio Ferdinand, when he was that age, or maybe when he was 21, 20, he used to make a lot of sh- um, mistakes, right? And it was only when he went to Manchester United and was coached by uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. And a little bit of the pressure was taken off because he was in a, in a team full of winners. And he, he began to turn into a winner himself and was more consistent with his game. So I agree that um, there's a lot of potential for Gomez. My only concern with him is these niggling injuries that he seems to pick up. And I personally wouldn't mind having a defender come in that is guaranteed to play as much as Van Dyke in terms of an injury record for now.
1: At least. Yeah, so I, I don't disagree with that. But what I would what I would remind you of is don't forget that Van Dyke at 22 – was playing in Celtic so he nobody was looking at him and saying this is the greatest defender on the planet head and shoulders above so right. the the guy's got a lot of years to grow i mean a lot of footballing years to grow so in the next 3 years he could he could make a big jump but i do take the injury thing um that is a little bit scary and i hope he can overcome that
0: okay so let's jump right into the second part of the question looking back who would we pick out of the previous Liverpool teams and then insert into this first 11 team, keeping in mind that they're playing in this era. So So what I would say is coming in their prime and they'd be playing for club.
1: So I, I told, I love the question and I'm totally going to skewer the question all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great question, but here's the thing. Every era plays differently. And I guarantee you, if you take a guy who played on Liverpool 50 years ago, um, they would not be able to deal with the physicality today, the speed, the size, all of that. Players get bigger, players get stronger, players get faster. Um, so I think if you start looking too far back, um, these guys are appeared great in their time, and they were in their time. But in today's world, I'm not sure they would be there.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard to compare, right? So we can always say, okay, John Barnes can play in the money role or... Um trying to think, oh, Ian Rush could play in the Firmino role, but we don't really know that, and we would never know that. So to your point, I agree. When I was coming up with my names, I w- went back 10 years.
1: So I think the super simple, no question, I don't know how we could argue it answer is Gerard.
0: So he was the first person that came to my mind too, but then I started thinking, whose place would he take? At first, I had him taking Wijnaldum's place, but then with Gerard in his prime in this team, that would hinder Henderson's influence, and I don't want Henderson in the team if he's not going to be captain Henderson.
1: Then so, make it captain Gerard, and he repl- and Gerard replaces Hendo.
0: Right. So that's what I did as my second choice, but my first choice was Luis Suarez instead of Roberto Firmino.
1: Oh, I knew because... you were going to go to Suarez, man! I knew it. We so disagree on this guy. Um, Dude, I don't know did if you, he would. Do you
0: see him? Do you see him in what? When,
1: when in uh, twelve, thirteen, thirteen, fourteen. I goal. did. I did. Don't get me wrong. Um, fantastic player, skill wise. Uh, it is jaw dropping. I still remember the goal he scored against us in the first leg. Um, what last uh, two years ago? Um, even though we won in the second leg, that first goal was just just beautiful. The way he came in, perfect timing, perfect placement. So the guy has skill, but I I would ask you not to forget that this is the same guy who if he can't take a bite out of a player, he takes a literal bite out of a player. Um, He's the same guy who, um, you know, for petty reasons, injured Rabo in that game, if you recall, like with the back of his heel, he hit him in the knee and Rabo had to come out, uh, if you remember, in the second leg. Um, He's an undisciplined player who, uh, you know, when you see his body language when things aren't going right, I, I don't love it and I don't know that Klopp would love it.
0: You know, what? Well, that's the point that I never thought about. We, we do have one of the most disciplined teams and we have consistently always been top one, top two for least number of, well, the top the one, least number of red cards and for sure the yellow cards as well.
1: Yep. So I, I remember looking back for one of my analysis and we are two years in a row, the least fouling uh, lowest number of cards teams. Right. And it's and it's because we are disciplined, we play with speed. But the other thing is we don't take the stupid fouls. Like you look at a guy like uh, Fabinho who seems to love fouling, but every single one of those fouls um, beyond him holding his hands up to say it was never him, they're all strategic. They are all taken at the right time against the right guy, um, doing just enough to not get a card most of the time. So he, he, it's a smart foul. Soares does not do that.
0: That's a good point. I don't know if Klopp could trust Luis Suarez to stay within the 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 confines that he creates for him as a player, right? So Luis Suarez, you kind of have to give him free reign to do him. And when he when he's in his well, when he was in his prime, it was excellent. But then we you also have to accept the downside that comes with that. I don't know if Klopp is would be willing to accept the negative aspects of of Luis Suarez's game.
1: So you know what why say, i Sorry, go ahead. Yeah.
0: No, uh, the reason why I picked him was, to me, he's a rich man's Roberto Firmino, right? They're the same player, except one is a nice guy and the other is not as nice.
1: <laughs> so I, I do get that. But what you just made me realize now is um, I'm not sure you could successfully take anybody out. And I'll tell you why. Because you look at guys coming to Liverpool and they turn into the greatest player they could ever be. Then you take a look at a guy like Coutinho, for example, leaving Liverpool, and he looks like a shade of himself. So it's, it's, Klopp is clearly picking individuals and picking players based on something. Um, right. and, and I don't know. Like a guy like Gerard makes me believe that that would be the kind of guy that Klopp would want. But at this point, I don't even know. Like Klopp knows what he's doing, knows who he's taking, and he's turning these guys into stars. Um, I don't know, Gerard. I would think would be good for that. Suarez, I wouldn't think. But again, maybe nobody. Just because Klopp has a plan, Klopp has a system, and everyone needs to live in that. And Klopp knows who he's bringing in for that.
0: I think that's a great way to summarize that, the question. Yeah. We have the perfect 11.
1: We do. The other example I'll give you is look at Genie. Genie is, by all accounts, clearly gifted going forward. When we need a goal, he can help. When he plays for his country, he scores. We don't use him in that way. Klopp picks exactly what he needs from the guy and tells him to do that, and he does it. So maybe we have the exact guys that we need. Facts and figures. Okay, so uh, we're restarting the season. Uh, football is finally back. And appropriately for Liverpool, our first game is going to be against Everton. It'll be at Goodison. And... Uh, you know, Klopp has a pretty good record, if I recall. But uh, did you uh, get a chance to take a look at Klopp's numbers against uh, Everton?
0: Yeah. So at Goodison, he's his teams have played three times in the league. Well, actually, overall, they've only played in the league at Goodison, and he's won one of them and and tied two of those. At Anfield, obviously, he has a better record. Uh, he's played five, won four, and drawn one.
1: So at least we haven't lost.
0: No, we haven't lost to Everton since 2010.
1: And then if I'm not mistaken, we actually haven't lost uh, at Anfield to Everton in like 20 years. 1999. I don't remember the
0: month, but I remember the game.
1: Can I can I just interrupt for a second? So we'll we'll talk about how we'll do and and the numbers, but can I just say if a team hasn't beaten you in 10 years and they haven't beaten you at home, like at our house, in 20 years, why is this a rivalry? It's
0: one of those things where, you know, you might wake up one day and ask, why do I love my brother or, you know?
1: I wake up like, every no day asking brother. why I love my brother because I don't have a brother. But yeah, I get what you mean. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I guess that's true. I mean, it's it's ingrained for many years, but I can see a lot of new fans saying, um, these guys don't beat us. Why do we care about our games with them? But again, the derbies generally tend to be a lot more uh, uh, exciting than maybe the final score would show.
0: Yeah, and there's there's something about the the Merseyside derby. Um, obviously, number one, it's, it seems to be a lot more cordial amongst the fans. Well, I, I say that with a grain of salt because there is certainly a lot of discord. However, more often than not, you'll see a lot of Mixed families where half of them are reds, half half of them are blues, right? Compared to maybe at yeah, if you go to Glasgow or if you go to to London, and the the North London derby, for instance, where it's clearly black or sorry white or red, right? Um, and I think also because Everton and Liverpool were fairly even in the 80s, and slowly over time, Liverpool has become the more successful or has maintained greater success over Everton, but we didn't seem to do well against them every time we played until these last 10, 20 years where we're clearly the better team, more dominant and we win more games so i think that is 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 leading to a lot of frustration on, the, on their side and we're just enjoying it and we don't want to make them irrelevant because we're enjoying these victories over
1: them so i i would agree i enjoy them i would say that uh, it's a little bit sad in a way that uh, i think they're closer to relegation or they should be more worried about relegation than about you know uh Placing or going to Champions League or anything like that, uh, which is a little bit sad. But again, all the Merseyside derbies tend to be really good. Uh, What do you think is going to happen in this one? So again, Klopp has never lost um, against, uh, well, actually, Liverpool has never lost against Everton in 10 years. Uh, So what do you see this one being?
0: I don't see anything other than a Liverpool victory, in particular because of the empty stadium. I I don't know how the Everton players will be able to motivate themselves to play better than a team that is clearly better than them, if you know what I mean. And without the crowd behind you, there's no X factor. It's players of a certain skill level against players of another certain skill level. And the players with the better skill level will typically win if you take all of the X factors out.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. I think there's going to be... Again, when you talk skill against skill, I don't think there's a, a much of a competition there. The The crowd can get players hyped up. The crowd can get them moving. Maybe they get tired. Uh, the crowd urges them on. So I could see that. But without the crowd, I, I, think, I think you're right. Um, I think there's still going to be a fire in Liverpool to finish the season strong, get to 101 points, um, lay down that claim as the best team ever. Uh, where you look at Everton, they're in 12th place. They're at 37 points. Um, and the relegation is 27 points. So yeah, I, yeah, so they're safe. I don't know that they're playing for a whole lot. Um, so yeah, I, I actually got to agree with you. I think it's going to be a lot easier game than it normally would have been. I was actually kind of getting a bit more hyped up for it. Um, you know, being a derby, obviously I'm, I'm getting excited, but you've kind of, uh, calmed me down as it were. I, 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 I agree with you. I think there's not going to be that
0: much and i think i think that um with the games today so we're recording this on june 17th after the man city arsenal game which man- manchester city won so so i think with the results of that game is kind of calmed things down everton will have less to play for and liverpool will have more to play for because they want to win this game and then wrap things up against crystal palace over the weekend all said and done yeah
1: i, I that's a great point um I think with the win by Man City, it means that Liverpool can't win the title at Goodison. I think that might have given Everton a bit of motivation to say we don't want them winning it in our house. I think with that gone, it makes it even less likely that this is going to be a a hugely contested game where Everton comes out and gives it 150% because without the crowd there, without the need for the points, really without any of that, I can kind of see them um, putting in an honest effort, but I I think the skill for Liverpool will take it.
0: Yeah. And it's probably a win-win because I don't know if I would want to have won the league in an empty Goodison. I'd much rather win it in an empty, empty Anfield which we will hopefully have the chance to do this time next week.
1: Well, hopefully it's not empty. Hopefully it'll have a uh, cardboard cutouts of uh, all mm-hmm. the all the fans. Uh, since the win can be at Anfield, if I had the chance, I would definitely want to put my cutout in there um, because they might win it at home. If they were winning it elsewhere, I'd be less likely to, but winning it at home, I'd want to be there. I actually kind of like that idea now more because I know we have a better chance to win it at home now.
0: I thought that today's game... Just touching on the game slightly, um, the, the, the the crowd noises that were played, I, I actually thought it was good because I wasn't distracted by hearing swimming pool echoes and things like that, but I, I thought it was a bit lazy where they could have done a little, a little bit more. So for instance, there was a lot of injuries, right? And then people were stretched off the, the field. They could have just automated some crowd clapping, for instance, but instead the crowd was still chanting and cheering and pooing and hiring, right? But meanwhile, there's a guy (laughs) on the floor about to be stretched. They, you know what? They,
1: they set their iPod to uh, shuffle and they just let it go off. They, uh, (laughs) they clearly had no interest in uh, uh, doing, you know, making it specific, but uh, I could maybe see that changing in future when other teams look at it. Um, Again, I'm, I'm all for hearing these guys yell and shout and fart and do whatever it is they want to do. Like hear it just completely raw instead of the recorded noise. But Um, Again, to watch Liverpool win, I I can watch it any number of ways and still be happy.
0: So are you going for a Liverpool win on Sunday? Yeah, I
1: think Liverpool clean win. Um, I I would almost worry more about an injury than us not winning. Um, I think the players are coming back cold. I think you saw that in today's game, right? Where there were, um, I think, more than the usual number of players who were potentially um, pulling something. Uh, or getting injured and so that would be my bigger worry for the long term. I think this game we're going to win. Um I think both teams are are going to wanna win going in because it, they haven't played in a while, but again the superior skill for Liverpool I think will take over and and will win comfortably. It's just I'm I'm hoping more for no injuries.
0: I just need us to score first because if Everton scores first without a crowd it might quickly turn into, uh, you know, like twilight zone for the Liverpool players, and then they'll they'll just be questioning, okay, wh- what are we doing here? Where am I? Is this a real game? You know?
1: you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Then the other one would be, um, I can believe that for Liverpool, going towards, even when they're away from home, going towards um, scoring on the goal where their fans are behind in the second half has always helped. Um, so I can see us chasing the game without those fans pushing them on in the final uh, part of the field. I could see that maybe being a bit of a disadvantage, so I'm with you. I'd like to see an early first goal, and I think we cruise from there. Critique and commentary. So speaking of empty stadiums
0: and the times we live in, Jurgen Klopp in an interview last week, he mentioned that at some point in the future, we are going to celebrate the the league title win with the fans. So the full blown parade and everything else similar to when we won the Champions League final. Now he said that even if that happens in the middle of next season, he's more than okay doing that. But my question to you is if that is the case, so if things clear up and all of the measures are reduced and we're in say game, game number 15 of next season, do we actually want to be having a title parade at that point? Or should we be fully focused on that
1: season? So i I, th- I that's a great question. My thought is we have to have a parade, no matter what. Um, it's been 30 years, so after 30 years you gotta celebrate somehow. but I mean, you raise a good point, you know it's uh it's been 30 years and it'll be great to win it. Um, but it would be even better to win it twice. So maybe we do want to keep our focus going forward. And the other thing is, I mean it's it's also okay, say it's after five games, maybe I can see us celebrating it. Say it's, I don't know, sometime in the winter or it's like March or April and we're now towards the end of next season, whatever next season may or may not look like. Would we still want to celebrate it then? Like, I actually don't know the answer to that. What do you think?
0: Yeah, so I think it'll be relative to how we're doing in that season. To your point, if we're in the latter half of the season and we're... Comfortably in the league, in in the lead, like we are this season, then they would probably defer to the end of the season to have a double celebration. Or if we're not doing too well, so if we're let's say fourth place or fourth place, twenty points behind whoever's leading, they may decide, okay, it looks like we're not going to win the season this year. Let's have the the title celebration now, rather than if we're having a neck to neck competition with Mad City again, let's say, and then deferring it to the end. It doesn't make sense losing the title and still celebrating the title from last season.
1: Right. So I I would agree with you. I think if we win next season, if we feel confident, like say we have the same lead we have now next season and they're deciding after 30 games because that's when we can finally do it. I think you're right. I think we just leave it to make a double uh, celebration. Uh, but again, like say we're coming to the end of the season, we're trailing, and we're we know we're probably not gonna catch up. Are we really gonna celebrate? Like it'll feel weird.
0: At that point it wouldn't. If we know what we're, we're out of it, then we we owe the fans a celebration. So at that point I can say, yeah, go on and celebrate. The the league is gone. We're just pushing for Champions League, but let's just have a title celebration now.
1: Yeah, I mean I I don't disagree with you in that I desperate feel the need to celebrate um you know watching Liverpool parade is gonna be amazing and I I want to see that I just it'll feel weird the other side to it is though um when the season ends I don't know when the new one's gonna start because they're not going to be able to go right back into it uh, they're gonna need a bit of a break so I gotta imagine next season won't be starting at the regular time. Well, that's the
0: thing. There's so many unknowns. Right. So
1: most likely the
0: next season would I think it will start close enough because this season is scheduled to end by the start of August, I believe. Right. And the the, the new season usually starts mid-August. So I would see the new season starting, let's say, September 1st. So they'd only be losing two or two or three weeks.
1: Well, don't forget that uh, I think UEFA came out today and said that they want to hold champions in League games and they're going to change the format or whatever. So they want to throw some extra games in there too. Exactly. And it could be a blessing in disguise that we're not involved in that. It could be because it could help us start next season uh, much better uh, and not as tired. If uh, to, to your point, if they start at September 1st And teams have like two weeks off or something. I think we're way better off having not competed. Um, But again, I I don't know. It, It would feel weird to celebrate it not after the season. So sometime in the middle of the season. It would also feel just as weird to win it for the first time after 30 years and not have a massive celebration. So I'm kind of at the point where I think either one is a bad option. So let's might as well go for it and have a celebration.
0: Now to be fair to Klopp when when he made those comments he he was probably referring to an in-stadium celebration as opposed to a full-blown parade. So I think it's more of let the fans come in, let us um let them see us lift the trophy. Kind of similar to when you have um mid-season mid friendlies, right?
1: Yeah, I can I can understand that. Um again, I'm the more I'm talking, the more I'm convincing myself to we have to have the celebration somehow. Um, and I hear you talking about the in-stadium, but I kind of think they, they should also be on a bus because you can only get so many people in that stadium, and Liverpool has been waiting for this for an awfully long time. So that means that they, they have to wait until the
0: springtime at the earliest if, if, it, if they don't do it in the fall, which I doubt they will be able to. But you You're never right. know. I mean, things are escalating quickly or should I say de-escalating quickly
1: well we're we're not epidemiologists or whatever the word is I apologize if I I screwed that up but um apparently things are getting better but I guess there may be a second wave so you're right and and I don't know would they want to do it in the middle of winter that might not be the best so you're right it might end up being in the spring would we want it in the spring is maybe we're competing again for Champions League and for the title Um, that might be a distraction. But yeah, I I think I've now convinced myself that there needs to be a big celebration. It's been 30 years. We've waited long enough um, to to raise the trophy, to see it raised, to celebrate the raising of the trophy. So yeah, I I think I want the celebration whenever we can. You?
0: Yeah, so I think that it'll happen the regular time, but next season. So after the last game of, so in late May of uh, 2021, unless something else crazy happens in the world
1: so you think that we're just going to win it again next year and we'll have a double celebration i can buy that best case i would i would be i would be on board for that best case um case uh, is
0: is we, we lose next season's league by one point and we look like complete clowns celebrating a title parade for the previous season while man city or chelsea or whoever is celebrating the real thing but you know what i don't really care anymore
1: Yeah, I I don't either. I just want that celebration whenever it happens to be uh, the first day available. Let's do it.
0: For more stories, analysis, and articles, go to the ForensicCop.com website.